Welcome back to the Call of Men podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Todd Archer. Man, I just want to say that I hope God has been challenging you men, calling you to step out of your comfort zone, comfort zone to grow you in what he has designed for your life. Man, this week uh, we're going into the time of celebration of the hope of the world in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as this Sunday is Christmas. And I just pray that this season, although it can be tough for some, I hope that Christ has moved in your life in a way that makes it a joyful time full of hope and comfort in your life. Man, uh, I had to put redo this show. It's been a, uh, I recorded it earlier. Didn't feel like that's what I said was what God had planned for me to say. So I'm redoing it now, and we're going to go with this one because I feel like this is the message that uh, God uh, truly put on my heart. Uh, the first one was a lot of rambling, a lot of craziness, and not very organized and I didn't think you would get much out of it, and I don't believe that's why God has me talking on this microphone with you uh, to help each of us grow in what he has planned for us. Um, you know, so in life, we're to answer if we're to answer the call of men given to us by God, the Father, you know, the ones that are to lead and guide our families, communities, church, and country back to him, you know, through the Son, Jesus Christ, you know, he gives us a lot of tools that um, he wants us to use in order to get there. You know, as we talked about uh, last week, the uh, warning signs, using our emotions in order to get us back to God, to focus when we feel the anxiety, the depression, the fear. That's a hole that is left in us that God is wanting to fill. And when we use those emotions to bring ourselves to a point of submission to God for the kingdom, then we are more prepared to answer the call of men because we are in a constant relationship with the Father. You know, we go through roadblocks when we start doing this and and making ourselves submit to the Father and His will for our lives, then we will run into roadblocks. Satan will use all his tools in his little handbag, which never change, by the way. They're always the same, Uh, you know, and we can fall into those traps, which is our addictions, our uh, sluggardness, you know, being lazy. Um, telling us we're not good enough, telling us, you know, who are we to do this job? Well, God gives us those warning lights when Satan starts to pound on us and tell us those things. That's where the emotions come from. That's the warning lights God gives us to say, hey, you need to come back to me. Listen to what I have to say about who you are, how I created you to be, and then step out on that faith. And sometimes we wonder, you know, what is the biggest, brightest warning light that we have? 
And I, in my life, I know personally that fear is the biggest warning light that I have. Fear stops me from doing 98% of the things that I know God is calling me to do. I fail every day. I feel the call and I let most of the time. It's changing, but in my past, it has been I have let Satan rule me with fear and let fear paralyze me and stop me you know instead of going to god with the fear and asking for his strength i try to rely on my own strength and when we do that men we're not answering the call of men we're not submitting to the will of god Um, thankfully god has shown me grace and shown me love and has placed people in my life around me that has helped me to start stepping out in his word this podcast is a prime example. It took me over six months because fear was dominating my thought process in not being qualified enough to speak to you in this type of manner. But like I said before, you know, I don't have to be qualified to do this because God's called me to do this. So therefore he qualifies me. It's his strength. It's his will. So I just have to be still, be quiet, and listen for his direction, hence re-recording this show. So if fear is our greatest roadblock, our greatest deterrent in the things that we do, because we're relying on what we see, what we feel, what we touch, what we taste, etc., all these other sensory things that uh, God has blessed us with, I think the one tool that he gives us that is the key to breaching all the roadblocks that we face is discipline. Discipline, you know, depending on which which definition you want to use, uh, Webster's Dictionary says uh, control gained by enforcing obedience or order orderly or prescribed conduct or pattern of behavior you know that's the uh as you as this word has a noun and a verb meaning uh discipline says to punish or penalize for the sake of enforcing obedience and perfecting moral character right and i think that's where today we fall into we think of enforcing we think of punishment as a way of or a form of discipline in order to get to the point that we want to be at right uh you know in my life it's been i can remember you know you think back to your high school football days right or your uh coaches maybe it's your dad maybe it's whoever the the teacher was in your life because That's really what the word discipline means is to study, learn, train, and apply a system of standards. And in our case, it is the standard of God and his son, Jesus Christ. And he disciplines us with the small, sweet voice of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So, you know, as I'm saying, as I'm growing up, I'm thinking, you know, coaches played football most of my life uh, to my junior year of high school. Right. And story that sticks out in my mind is one day we're at practice and we had a coach and, you know, in, in those teenage years, you, you like to use the, the profanity, proud 
quite well. You're proud of the words that you've learned, even though they're not the best words to have learned. But, you know, hey, you're proud of them. You're growing up. You're coming into your manhood, right? So dropping the F-bomb here or there is, is manly in those days, right? Or so we thought. But, you know, our coach, we were right there during two days, and we were running, you know, at the end of practice, we are running our mile lap. And our coach had said, for every one of you that says a cuss word, you will have to run one mile for every letter in that word. Pretty good deterrent not to say a cuss word because I know I couldn't run that far. So anyway, we're running around the track and I'm running on the inside. And for some reason, I thought I heard somebody call my name. And as we go into the turn, I step off the track. And my ankle lays flat on the ground. I'm still standing straight up. I hit the ground, and I am saying every cuss word that I can think of. Every word that I knew at the time came out of my mouth. And as I'm sitting there saying all these cuss words, the coach that came up was the one who said, I'm going to be running for every letter in the word. And all I could think about is, I am going to be running for the rest of my life that there is no way I could ever run this much, period, right? But luckily, my injury was worse than having to run, so he showed me a little grace, and I didn't have to run that far, you know? And then you move on in my life, it comes down to you move into another way of punishing and causing physical pain or physical discomfort in order to move us to a point. As I go into the military, you know, that's their big thing. If one of you or all of you or whatever messes up, you are going to be doing push-ups, right? To cause physical discomfort in order to get you to learn how to mold into what they want you to be you know and I think that's probably where my understanding of the word discipline came from was to add some sort of physical discomfort into growing more to what I wanted to be and and, and I'm sure that and, and that's part of it you know but I don't think it's the main part of it I have focused in my life to put that the first part of what discipline means to me is to add the physical, think of the physical pain that is, or discomfort that comes from not doing what I'm supposed to do. You know, um, it's a corrective action portion of, of gaining or learning discipline, you know, associated with some sort of pain or suffering, like I said before. Um, and I think that's in there, or we think that way because, when there's pain associated with something, I believe that we tend to learn a little faster when there's that discomfort. Uh, but as we're looking to answer the call of men and look at the role model that we have in Jesus Christ, I don't believe that that was his main intent. His was not to cause discomfort and cause this pain pain in order to teach us you know i think maybe some of our misconception um of the word discipline 
you know, as we look at um, how God disciplined Adam and Eve after they ate the, after they ate the fruit, right? I mean, he kicked them out of the garden. But at the same time, God never left them. What did he do after he told them these are the things that's going to happen, right? Scripture says that he clothed them. He provided them with things. He never left them. He was still there with them. He was the teacher. He was teaching them that, yeah, you made a mistake. There's a consequence for that mistake. And I, this is your discipline to get you to learn not to do it again, to understand who I am, that when I say what I say, that's what's going to happen. Even after the Israelites, you know, they spent 40 years in the desert after leaving Egypt because of their disobedience. But God, again, disciplined them in making them spend 40 years in the desert. But through that discipline, he was constantly teaching them. He never left them. He provided manna. He provided water. He provided everything they needed in a in a loving way. You know, that's that's where, you know, I think that sometimes we get our our, our ideas from is that, hey, we have to be firm. We have to be hard. We have to be push it, push it, push it. And maybe that's part of it. But at the same time, we have to do it in a manner that is loving, you know. And maybe it comes from, you know, like it says in Proverbs thirteen twenty four, whoever spares the rod hates their children. But the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. You know, I read that. For so long, when it says whoever spares the rod hates their children means, that, hey, if you don't spank your children, if you don't, if you're not harsh with your children, if you don't make them do what you want them to do, then you're not, you don't love your children. And that was predominantly my mindset for the longest time, you know, and God gave me this revelation of what the word discipline means. He made me, uh, look at the word and he gave me that through uh one of my mentors that i that i've respect a ton and learned so much for from in a short time uh and his understanding of different words and how he understands the word before he uh leads our our bible group and i'm so thankful for that that through his wisdom and his preparation and leading our group that it has shown me that when you look into the word of discipline you know it's to study it's to learn it's to train and it's to apply God's standards to our lives that's the discipline you know in the rod in the day of the shepherd the rod wasn't to beat the sheep in the submission on what he wanted them to do. No, the, the rod was there to guide them, to gently push them back to where the shepherd needed them to be. The rod end of it was to protect them from the wolves and the animals that would come to attack them. You know, so we're to provide, you know, when I, like I said before, when we're growing up, you know, I'm, I'm looking at spanking, spat on the hand as a way to motivate faster learning in my children. But boy, has God shown me, uh, I'm glad he didn't handle me like I handle my children or have handled my children in the past. You know, uh, one thing kids will do for you is show you a lot of patience and, uh, truly teach you what the, 
meaning of grace is because they can test you and you want to, oh, you just get so frustrated. But when they probably need the most discipline or the most corrective action, if you want to say that, is when you show them the most grace. It's not always that way. And I know I've had to learn that, you know, uh, four children, and I'm still learning and still showing grace each and every day. By the grace of God and his patience with me, I have been able to transfer that over into the life of my children. Uh, still working on it, still working in process, but that's uh, sanctification in our lives is the process of getting better and following God's will. Uh, you know, we use discipline in that is to teach us that, hey, we're supposed to deal with our children, with the people in our lives that he has given us. Uh, you know, with kindness, patience, understanding, you know, and most of all, love in providing discipline into our families and our communities and our churches and even our country. We need to lead and teach and show discipline with restraint and control of our warning lights. Do not let our emotions overtake us in acting out, whether it be out of fear and I think that's the main thing is when we act in anger, it's a disappointment in ourselves that we're not strong enough to overcome the fear that we have inside of us. So when we can act in self-control and self-discipline and teach as we learn, as God teaches us through discipline to have those qualities of patience and kindness and love fruits of the spirit you know uh he teaches us that that's the way that he teaches us if we look at it he doesn't we make a mistake if you got an addiction and hadn't been drinking or you hadn't watched porn or you hadn't said a cuss word or you haven't whatever your thing is that 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 gets in the way of you're in god's relationship at times um you know it's not he doesn't crush you each and every time you fall off no he shows us grace and he shows us patience and i think the one thing that we have to realize is like it says in proverbs 12 1 whoever loves discipline discipline loves knowledge but he who hates reproof is stupid so you know god's going to discipline us in a way but he's going to do it in a way that is always growing us and leading us to be better men and to better, be better leaders, better husbands, better fathers. Whatever it is, God's going to do it in a way that's not going to slap you upside of the head, and unless you're me, and then sometimes that's what it takes. But the most of the time that God is correcting me and leading me, it is through grace, kindness, patience, love, in order so that I may be who he wants me to be and I can in turn grow his kingdom with the areas of responsibility he's given me with inside my family, the area of influence that I have inside my community to pass those on to him through my discipline and learning how he teaches me. Therefore, I can transfer that aspect of discipline into my family, into my communities, into my church. So I am continually trying to grow the kingdom of God. You know, uh, God even tells us, don't 
in Revelation 3.19. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and repent. So when we're talking about, you know, God always tells us when we're wrong. We always have that natural instinct and natural ability to know when we're wrong. We have, as we call it, a gut feeling. And when we have that gut feeling of it's wrong, that warning light of anxiety or fear that when we're going to do something we know is wrong is not in accordance with how God wants us to live our life, that warning light goes off, whatever it may be for you. So when we feel that, that's him correcting us. That's him reproving us. And he says that through, because I love you and because I am going to teach you discipline, you, it says be zealous and repent. So that means we have to be happy. We have to be eager to repent. And as that warning light goes off, give it to God in prayer. That is the whole thing. We have to be happy to admit our mistakes to God. Because when we start admitting our mistakes that, and we realize and submitting to his will, men, we are answering the call because our life is in submission to the Father. And we have to remember as we grow and as we teach and as we learn, the discipline is the teaching. Our children, when we're raising up our children, it is to teach, not as I thought for so long, not to spank, not to, you know, I don't know, I'm looking for a word here, um, to beat someone or to cause physical pain or to cause pain in that way, but to teach them to sit down and explain to them, look, this is what you did wrong. This is why it's wrong. And this is how we're going to correct it. You know, and I think that's how God teaches us discipline, teaches discipline. You know, the root word of discipline is disciple. And we are all disciples of Jesus Christ. And his way of teaching us is through patience and kindness and love and allowing us the time each and every day that he wakes us up to apply that teaching discipline to be better for his kingdom and to grow his kingdom. You know, so in all the scriptures, God applies discipline to us. You know, I think as men in God's design and plan to be the husband, fathers and leaders that he has called us to be, you know, that is one thing, one tool that he gives us over everything else is the ability to learn, the discipline to learn what is right, to decipher what is wrong, and the discipline to act on what is right, to teach others what is right, to teach ourselves what is right, and to step out in that. So, men, <clears throat> this week is, like I said, Christmas. So to all of you who tune into this show, I want to wish you a very heartfelt Merry Christmas and uh, so thankful to God and Jesus for y'all tuning into the show and uh, allowing me to waste 20, not waste, but to help talk about what he's put on my heart uh, to y'all in, in the simplest form and manner to hopefully touch a part of you that need, that he needs you to hear. And, you know, that's my greatest hope and prayer for this show is that if just one person, you know, I know it's kind of cliche, but still, God works in his ways that are miraculous and 
crazy to us. Uh, but it is my prayer that this will touch somebody's heart or somebody will get something out of it that will help them grow in building the kingdom of God. You know, this week, Christmas week, as we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who brings hope to the world through his astounding love for us. Uh, I just want to say thank y'all again. Merry Christmas. And remember, as you do what you do today, answer the call of men.